Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Back Row Bengals Sports Podcast, and after a severely long absence, I am back. This is your host, Josh Miller, and I am so excited to be here. It's been so long since I've been on the microphone. Uh, Last year, we had to cut the podcast short. I'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about the Bengals. We'll talk about offense, defense, any sort of offseason news that we missed because we missed quite a bit. And uh, we're going to get into what the season's going to look like, and we're going to get into a little bit of extra things. We're going to talk about the Stripe Hype group that I am with. And at the end of the day, man, I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to be on the microphone. Uh, Real quick, before we get into any Bengals news, I wanted to first apologize for my uh, ending the the show early last year. I want to explain that in a little bit more detail. So uh, back last season, we started the podcast. We were going really strong. The numbers were looking really great. Uh, it seemed that our Twitter was starting to blow up, and our Twitter has been blowing up. Uh, we are at 913 followers, as I checked today, which is really, really good. Again, I don't really care about follower-to-following uh, ratio. Just let me know if I haven't followed you and DM me and say, hey, you haven't followed me yet, and then I'll, I'll hit you with a follow. But at the at any rate, uh, it, it, was, it was really tough last season when we ended short. Uh, I didn't want to end short. I really, really didn't. But the problem was is I was still in school. And uh, for a lot of the of my followers, and I talk about it a good amount on my Twitter and I talk about it a good amount on, uh, on social media, is that uh, I was currently in school at the University of Cincinnati. I was studying special education. When you're an education major, you have to fill out what's called the Ed GPA, which is basically like a 47-page document of all of your student teaching and a bunch of questions. And that just took so much time out of my life. And uh, and then also on top of that, I was going through a lot of mental health problems, uh, still fighting depression to, the day, to this day. Uh, if you are still suffering from depression, I highly, highly, highly suggest reaching out. Uh, there is definitely a solution and there is a way out. Uh, but one of the ways that I coped with it was uh, talking with Bengals Twitter and how much fun it was just to see the account grow, even though this podcast wasn't going. So I thought I had to bring the back, bring it back. I had to bring the back row Bengals podcast back. And I'm so excited to be back. We have a new laptop. That was another struggle. Uh, my laptop was basically broken the last time I used this. I have a brand new MacBook uh, so it could hold all of my podcasts. I got it specifically so that way. Uh, it'll be easy and fast, and that way I can get content out to you as much as I can. Um, so yeah, so that that's basically why I've been gone. Uh, again, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not happy about it. But you know what? That's in the past. We're on to a brand new future. Uh, the back a back row of Bengals future. So basically, how the podcast is going to work. Um, I'm hoping to at the very least during the off season get out uh two podcasts. It might be one per week. So we're hoping it's two podcasts per week. Uh, during the season, we will do two podcasts per week. I'll do one uh, right after uh, the game, basically just going, just reviewing the game and what happened. And then the second podcast will be previewing the next game. And uh, it, it'll be good. And we're, we're really excited about it. And then we're, I'm also working with some uh, Twitter accounts, some companies around Cincinnati to hopefully get a sponsorship deal, hopefully to get some sort of partnership going because in all honesty i want to do this as a living i want to do podcasting as a living talking about the Bengals would be an absolute dream for me uh but right now we are not to that point and we are going sponsorship list so if you're out there and you're listening you're a company looking to sponsorship hey i'm right here i'm right here 
But anyway, so uh, just a quick update. I am out of school, and I am currently working full-time as a social media manager. So I am in social media. So, I mean, obviously, you can tell I'm on it pretty much 24-7. Uh, but again, the, so so. But at the at the end of the day, we're back. I'm definitely going to be a little rusty, so give me a little bit of time just to just to re get back, basically get back into the podcasting uh, game. It's hard for me to, you know, it's it's hard to shake off the rust for me a little bit. But uh, we're back. Uh, talked a little bit on some radio shows to help me, you know, kind of get back into it. So hopefully this will be good. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to talk about Bengals football because we are a Bengals football podcast, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Let's talk about the most recent of uh, of uh, news. We'll go with the uh, let's talk about the Joseph Osai injury. Uh, looks like a torn meniscus. It looks season ending. That was the report that I last saw. Uh, he suffered it in the Tampa game. The last time we checked during the Tampa, it was right after the Tampa game. Joseph Osai really showed what he can bring to this pass rush. And I really, everybody was saying he was a steal. I agreed with him. And just like that, I mean, he was going out there. He was getting, this, he got the half sack uh, on Brady with Hendrickson, which was amazing. I mean, it was great to see our first team go against Tampa's first team. And I get it. It's preseason. It really doesn't mean anything. Um, but it was great to see just the absolute motor this guy has and someone that I think will be a answer to our pass rush uh, for years to come. So at any rate, uh, but he came out of the game with a wrist injury. It seemed like he was not, it was going to be minor. It was just like a precautionary. It was like, all right, we saw what you got. You don't really need to compete probably the rest of the preseason. We got you. You made the team. You're going to be a heavy contributor on Sundays. Uh, and then actually I listened to the locker room uh, interview that he had with, uh, I believe it was either Dave Lappin or Dan Horde. It was definitely from the Bengals group podcast. Um, but he basically saying like, oh, yeah, I'll get this wrist injury checked out. But overall, I'm good. And, and he seemed like he was good. Uh, and then it comes out that he actually had a torn meniscus in his, I believe it was his right knee, his right knee. So that's terrible. Um, we need to talk about why the Bengals, especially the Bengals rookies, have come out and just had these brutally season-ending injuries. I believe I saw a study is like since 2000, the Bengals have had more injuries. Um, than any other team in the NFL. And honestly, to a point, and nobody wants to say this, and it feels like it's starting to come a little bit more out on Twitter, and it's starting to come a little bit more out on social media, but when is the Bengals training staff going to be held accountable? I think they need to be held accountable. I feel like we're getting a lot of these soft tissue injuries uh, with Jonah Williams last year. I mean, that was a gigantic uh, – I'm sorry, not Jonah Williams last year, Jonah Williams two years ago. Not having him, it was just so important for the team to have him out there on the field. And uh, you see, you saw it last year of how much of a difference maker he can be and what I think he's going to be this year. Um, so, But, I mean, obviously you can't contribute if you're not out there. Why are we having these so many injuries and why are we having so many injuries compared to the rest of the NFL? That's my issue. I understand that there is a lot of luck that goes into football. There's a lot, lot, lot of luck that goes into the NFL. It's not just going to be skill. A lot of times it's just going to be the ball bounces your way or you hit the ground a certain way and just like that, you got you know, you know, got a torn meniscus. Uh, but uh, right now all I've been hearing is, all right, we're just going to chalk this up to bad luck. There's really nothing that the training staff can do to help prevent these injuries. Where are these coming from? Why are these guys coming in and immediately getting injured? I don't understand this, and especially this is coming from 
guys that are supposed to be a absolute, you know, workhorse on game one of their rookie year. And that's what Joseph Osai was going to be. He's going to bring, he was going to bring a lot to our pass rush. Something that was very needed, something that was very missed last year. And I think, honestly, that was the biggest problem with our defense. Now, it goes, now, obviously, on a defense, everybody's working together. It's secondary to the linebackers, to the D-line. And it goes all the way on down. But the probably the big our biggest problem last year, from what I could see, was our pass rush. Pass rush was absolutely terrible. Couldn't get to the quarterback. Couldn't force him down. Couldn't force him out of the pocket. Uh, and he was going to provide a little bit more of a rush on there. But he's gone, uh, and, and that really sucks. But I, I do think the medical training staff does need to be held accountable to a point. You, after a while, yeah, it is luck, but then after a while, it's not. After a while, it's bad performance. If I was at my job, and I, I, I worked as a social media manager for a company in Cincinnati. If I was at my job, and basically, if I put out a tweet, an Instagram, something like that, that was not only that was harmful to the company and or maybe just it wasn't as well received as I thought it was going to be or, or well received as it should have been um, then they'll probably be like okay we'll chalk it up to a you know chalk it up to a bad luck or a bad loss and we'll just move on to the next one but if I kept doing that over and over again and I go you know 10 tweets 10 posts in a row and it's bad I don't think I'm gonna have that much job security. And I think they'll go ahead and basically tell me to pound salt. So when is this medical training staff going to be held accountable? When is this uh, weightlifting staff going to be held accountable? And to get them ready, to train them, to not have these soft tissue injuries. I just, I find it hard to believe that there is nothing that this tr this training staff isn't giving 110%. Or it can, or they can't do something to prevent this. I That's my genuine belief. I could be wrong. I don't know much about it. Uh, you know, medical terminology and, and sports medicine. I don't really know much of anything. I do know that if I kept putting out bad performances like the medical training staff has, uh, I would be fired. So I don't get the leeway. All right, so let's keep it going. So uh, let's get off of injuries. Let's go to the defense and their performance over these past two preseason games. Uh, I got one word. It's just efficient. They, they've been efficient. They've been able to stop uh, teams. Their first, their first team, their second team. Uh, I would say you definitely saw it against Tampa, and you absolutely saw it against the Washington football team. And honestly, uh, quick side note, I don't want them to change the name. I think having a team called the Washington football team is hilarious, so I think we should keep that. Uh, I don't know why they would change it, just because it's so funny. Uh, and uh, that, to be fair, that organization's pretty trash. So, I mean, have them going half-ass on, on a team name and just name it the football team would be funny. Uh, sorry, but we got to get back to the to the defense. So back to the defense. Uh, the secondary. Not only do they look better, they look like they have a new mentality. They look re-energized. They look like when they are out there, they are just giving their all and they are doing basically what we have been begging this defense to do. And honestly, it's it's to the point where we we kind of talked about it over uh, the excuse me over the summer is that this defense doesn't need to be incredible it really does it doesn't need to be top five in the league it needs to be middle of the pack because with the offense that we are supposed to have with the offense that we're supposed to have that's what's going to get it done that's what we're going to need get, you know get stops when we need to get off the field when you can uh but we're, we, weren't, we weren't expecting them to be a top five defense but now over this preseason and over this training camp if you've been following the training camp reports 
Uh, the defense has been playing incredibly well. Uh, you're hearing a lot about not only just the defensive secondary, which was another huge, huge problem. Uh, they're saying Chidobe Awuzie, who I thought was a great pickup from Dallas, uh, and they're, it's basically showing out to prove right. It, he's been playing very well. Logan Wilson has really dived into that middle linebacker leadership position. You don't really hear much from him. I had some contact with him, I'm not going to lie, during the summer. Uh, I was, excuse me, a little indigestion there. Um, but I had a little contact with him over the summer, just a little Twitter back and forth. But other than that, you don't really hear from him. And uh, you know what? If that's his, that's his style, that's his style. I'm not going to stop him. I'm not going to say anything because he's been doing his job. Uh, this defense looks like they know what they're doing out there. It looks like the communication uh, has been flowing, and that is just so important to the NFL. Uh, especially with these new guys. I really, really, really love the addition of Mike Hilton. I think he not only gives us a lot in the secondary, I think he gives us a ton in the pass rush. I think now Luana Rumo has this brand-new toy that he can basically send in on a uh, safety blitz or corner blitz and just absolutely bring the house down with a blitz and, and take the quarterback down, which is something we haven't been able to have. And, and Mike Hilton is, I believe he was graded the best uh, blitzing, blitzing either cornerback or safety. Uh, in the league. So basically, so I mean, that's just a massive get. And you know what? At the end of the day, if this team stays healthy and this defense stays healthy, I don't see why they can't crack a top 10 defensive, uh, you know, crack top 10 defensive team in the league. Uh, because, I mean, if this offense is supposed to be where it is, again, it's a lot of supposed to, right? And especially with this offense that we've been hearing some, you know, misconceptions, not misconceptions, but we've been hearing some not great things from camp, which we'll get into that a little bit later after I'm done with the defense. Um, if they, all, this offense is supposed to be where it's at and this defense is showing out how it's been showing, we're looking at a playoff team. We're looking at a team that can get the wild card. We're looking at a team that could possibly steal the division. And I'll tell you this right now. I have watched AFC North football my entire life. I've been on this earth about 23 years. And I would say ever since I've been, you know, watching football, the Bengals was the first team I ever followed. And it's, it's, I don't, I've seen enough AFC North football to know how unpredictable it can be. Just because your team on paper is the best in the league does not mean anything. It doesn't mean, on, it mean really, any given Sunday truly applies to the AFC North. It is a tough, it is physical, it is a very unpredictable conference. And I do think the Bengals can steal wins. I don't think this national media is giving them enough attention. They are getting more, but I don't think they're getting enough. And I do think this this Bengals team could steal some games in the division. I think they could beat the Browns at home. I think they can beat the Steelers. I think they have a chance to sweep the Steelers. And you never know. Something might happen against Baltimore. We haven't beat them in a while. It might be just another chip on the shoulder. Maybe Lamar Jackson has an off game. Or maybe Lou Romo has an on game, who is another person that needs to have a great uh, year this year, Lou Romo. Uh, so I, I, so basically, so I want to bring it back to my original point is that, so if this defense is going to be where we, where it's, you know, basically pan, panning out in the off season, this team's going to be really good. And this team can steal some games in the division and they can be, I think they can steal a playoff spot. Honestly, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to if Lou Anarumo is the guy for the job. Uh, originally last year and the year before that, I never thought Lou Anarumo was. I thought he was he he wasn't in, not incompetent, but I just don't think his 
level of I, I don't think he was ready. I, I don't I really don't. I don't think he was ready for a defensive coordinator position. I didn't think he was good enough. I've been a fan of the Bearcats all my life. I don't he wasn't good in UC. But I will say this, he was handicapped with less than par talent. I will absolutely say that and I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. Now he doesn't have that. Now he's got a team, he's got a defense that is molded around his image. So now we gotta see Luana Rumo really take the next step. He's got to be a great coordinator in order for us to go anywhere. Um, it, where this is going to be his year. Is Can he get this defense together? And can he use this talent to put out a great product on the field? And it's he ha- and he hasn't. I mean, let's just call it how it is. He really hasn't. Um, but I'll tell you this right now. He has the chance to make that all up. But if the defense fails this year, it's not going to be on the players. It's going to be on Lou. Is no longer going to be a question of how bad the talent is. It's going to be a question of can they all put it together. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna play optimistic, and I'm gonna play that he will be able to. And you know, from what we've seen from the defense, it looks like they are. It looks like they're getting takeaways more. They, again, look re-energized. Looks like they're on the right spots, which is massive. Uh, it looks like they they communicate very well, and it looks like they're having fun out there. Um. One more note on the defense. I mean, we got to talk about it. it's the elephant in the room, the Jesse Bates contract. Um, I mean, here's the thing is that I think I, I understand both sides um, to a point. I think I understand. I see that you know a lot of people are trashing the Bengals for not getting this deal done. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a mutual partnership. Not only do Jesse Bates and his agent have to agree, the Bengals have to agree. It's got to be a together decision. Jesse wants to stay in Cincinnati, and that's awesome. We rarely have a player that says, I want to stay in Cincinnati. So I think that's a best an organization. we got to hold on to that. we got to pay our players. And normally, we pay our star players their worth. And we, we pay them. We get them to stay here. You know, look at A.J. Green. Look at Geno Atkins. Look at Carlos Dunlap when it was his prime and his contract was up. We got him to resign uh, when Adam Jones was, you know, at his prime. We got him to resign. Andy Dalton again at his prime. Got him to resign. So I think I think this contract's going to come. Uh, I don't. What I don't get, and I heard this on Mo Egger today on my drive home from work, is that I, he doesn't really understand why Jesse Bates isn't signing because he could go out in training camp and you know he could. It's football. It's unpredictable. He could just tear his Achilles right there and lose tens of millions of dollars waiting out on a contract or. He can sign right now with the Bengals and uh, probably not get uh, the most money he would be offered right now, but he'd get a lot of security. And I think that's what he's valuing. Is he going to value uh, – is he going to risk it or is he going to value the security? I get both sides. I completely understand it. I do think the deal is going to get done. I don't think it's going to get done anytime soon, but I do think Jesse Bates will be a Bengal next year. I think both parties want that, and I think – it's going to be a major priority for the Bengals and this organization coming up. All right, so that is what I got on the offense. Or, I'm sorry, that's what I got on the defense. I'm going to shift it to the offense. Uh, and they've basically, from if you just read the headlines and you basically just watch the preseason games from what you've heard, it's just this offense is not where it needs to be. Jamar Chase is dropping balls. Uh, I mean, Joe Burrow's not even playing, so I get that. Uh, but we'll start positively. I gotta say one really, really positive thing that I gotta say is this O line has been playing much better than what we've seen. They've allowed one sack this entire preseason. 
and uh, that was like during the I believe that was like the third strings or even fourth strings were out there. Uh, but you can tell like this offensive line looks like they're moving. It looks like they're playing together. It looks like they're communicating. You can tell they on uh, a couple of plays on one uh, rollout by Brandon Allen during the Washington the, the game against the football team. I just love saying that the football team. Uh, but one one play that they had, Washington sent literally six guys, and the offensive line was able to pick it up easily, and uh, they were able to make the play. And I think Washington is going to be better uh, than they usually are. I think Fitzpatrick's a pretty good quarterback. I think Chase Young is going to hold down that defensive side. But I got to say, the Bengals' defense or offensive line was able to hold them and was able to. Uh, keep them out of the backfield, and I think it's just it's just something that's really, really, uh, really great to see, and, and it's it's really promising. And I'm really hoping this offensive line takes a step forward, and I think they do. I think this offensive line is a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. I think as the you know diehard Bengals fan, because honestly, I don't know how many casual Bengals fans are listening to this podcast. I think you got to dive pretty deep into the podcast um, realm to uh, find us, but. Uh, I will say this, so you guys already know, but I mean, I do think this offensive line is going to be better. I think this offensive line is getting is not getting the credit that it needs. Um, but we'll see. I think, but at the end of the right, at the end of the day, this is just preseason. It doesn't matter. It's going to matter when we play the Vikings week one, and we got to play Mike Zimmer's defense. And you know that defense is coming in hungry. They know that Joe Burrow is coming off of an injured year, and where he you know tore his ACL. So they're going to be sent in the house. And, I mean, if I was the Vikings, I would do the same thing. I would try to challenge them as much as possible. Uh, Jamar Chase has is, is not been looking like the guy that has been able to catch everything, obviously, but been able to create that separation and been able to be that superstar that we need him to be. So why would you not send the entire house? All right, so let's go ahead and while we're you know on the topic of Jamar Chase, let's go ahead and shift over to the wide receivers. Um First things first, uh, something came out about Jamar Chase uh, that looks, I mean, looks really bad. Uh, I don't know. Some some woman uh, put a post on her story that uh, Jamar Chase hit uh, a pregnant woman. I don't know anything about this. It's all speculation. I'll say this. If I would say, I'll say this to you. Do not get involved with this. This is something that is speculation. We don't know any of the facts yet. It's just allegations. I would say just wait. Don't say anything until everything comes out because then you're going to put yourself out there with the wrong decision, and who knows what the outcome is going to be, and you're going to look like an absolute dumbass. So just don't speculate on speculation. That's the best quote I've ever gotten. I forget where I got it from, but I got it from somewhere. It wasn't from my head. But anyway, let's jump over to the wide receivers room. Uh, T. Higgins, I haven't really seen much of him this preseason. I don't think I've really needed to. I honestly genuinely believe that T. Higgins will be the next superstar wide receiver in the league. I think he'll be better than Jamar Chase. I think he'll be better than – he'll be the best in the AFC North. I think he's better than Odell. I, I think he's better than, you know, whatever the Steelers have. I guess Chase Claypool, but I, even though, honestly, I don't think he's that great. Uh, I think I think T. Higgins is better than, than Juju Smith-Schuster. So I, I think he – I mean, put it down now. I think Higgins is going to be a multi-pro bowler. I think he's going to be the one of the best receivers in Bengals franchise history. I think he's just that good. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you don't really need to see anything out of him. I mean, you know exactly what he is. You know exactly what he's going to do for this team. He's Mr. Consistent, Mr. Third Down. Get him out there. Let's see it. Uh, and, uh, that, I mean, that's basically all I need to say. So let's jump over back to Jamar Chase on the football field. 
his drops have just been the main story for basically his entire training camp and his entire preseason. And I mean, to I mean, obviously to a point, it's definitely fair. And it's definitely to a point. It's is it going to be something to worry about? I would say, you know, it, at, on a scale of one to ten, I give it like a two or three on the worry scale. It's it's really something I do think he's going to clean up. I mean, it's it's football. You know, wide receivers are going to drop passes. He hasn't played a game in a full year. He's still twenty one. He's two years younger than me, which is honestly crazy. Uh, but. He's just he's just a kid, and he's still working himself out. He's still, you know, he hasn't caught a ball from Joe Burrow in the preseason whatsoever. It's all been offseason stuff. But then you'll hear that at training camp when he's connecting with Joe Burrow that he's been able to catch these ridiculous balls. Um, he's had a couple drops in there. He had one that led to an interception by Von Bell in a uh, offseason training camp. But I think at the end of the day, this is something that, you know – I guess you could throw it on uh, your worry scale, but I would say that's that's going to be one of the least part, least you know places that you should be worrying about. Um, again, like I said, I'm a little rusty on the mic, so I'm going to be going back and forth, trying my best here. Um, so then, but then after that, so I I think Jamar Chase will be fine. I I, I think that these drops are going to come with his rookie year, and I think that he's going to be better uh, than what where everybody's giving him credit for, and, and I really don't think that these drops are going to be an issue. Uh, I do want to talk about one receiver that has showed out, but I feel like anytime he's on the field, he's showed out. It's Auden Tate. I don't understand why he's not on the field more and more. This guy can, has the catch radius of an absolute god. I mean, he can, he's can. he got vice grip hands that he can get on the ball. I have no idea why he does not get more playing time. I have no idea why he's not out there on every third down or every red zone opportunity. I almost equate him basically to a faster, taller Tyler Eifert. I think he's got more reach than Tyler Eifert. I think he has a chance to be a red zone threat like he was, a third down threat, someone that can just get you yards when you need it. I think Auden Tate is just going to be somebody on this offense that's going to give us a lot more firepower than we think. And I think that this wide receiving group, while it is stacked, we got to go put it out there and we got to go put it on the field. And that's going to come down to Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan. This is Zach Taylor's offense. Brian Callahan is there. You know, he works with Joe Burrow a little bit. He works with the offense. He's the offense coordinator. But Zach Taylor, at the end of the day, is the one calling the plays. And it's going to come down to uh, can Zach Taylor actually put out, you know, the same thing that we talked about, Louis Anarumo. Can he put out a product that is sufficient, efficient, explosive, and can get the job done and can get the wins? Um, and, and this is going to be a big test for this coaching staff. I think that's who is basically the most – I mean, I, I don't want to say they're on the hot seat. I really don't. I wrote an article about this, about is Zach Taylor actually on the hot seat? I, I guess, I guess I would say, I would say he has to get to a certain win total in order to keep his job. I say if he, if he's, if he has no wins by week six or seven, I'd say he's done. Um, if I would say he's got to definitely get better. I would say six to seven wins, uh, secures him his job for next year. But I don't think this team's potential is there. I, I think this team's potential is more than that. I think this team's potential, uh, I already mentioned it, I think this team could steal a playoff card, a wild card, and I think they could steal possibly even the division if they catch the Browns napping. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, you know, you may have the best team ever, but if injuries injuries are going to start rolling around, the fatigue of an NFL season is going to come, and can you handle expectation? And a lot of these AFC North teams, 
you know, the the Ravens have not been able to handle expectation. They're they've been they've been expected to go to the Super Bowl. I think probably two out of the last three years, or maybe like three out of the last four, they've been expected to go to the Super Bowl, and they're bounced in the first round or the first or second round. So this this AFC North expectation, it's going to start like actual real expectations shouldn't even really start until probably everybody's played two games in the division. Does that make sense? I guess. Yeah, I, I don't really know exactly. Just, but I, I don't think I don't think it's a surefire thing that this division is locked up, and a lot of people are calling it locked up, and I just do not think it's locked up whatsoever. Last thing on the offense is just will Joe Burrow play in this final preseason game on Sunday, or oh, and then the next question is should he play? I think honestly you got to leave it up to the player. I think Joe Burrow knows his body. He's got to talk to the doctors. The doctors said he's he's full go. He can go. Um, Personally, personally, I would say let's give let's give him let's give him a series. I would say let's give him a series at 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 you know minimum. I'd say give him a series. Uh, if anything starts to go awry, if they take a if he takes a sack out, if you know play gets blown up, take him out. Um, but I think honestly though, uh, I, I think you got to leave it up to Joe, and then on top of that, I I think you got to leave it up to Zach. But I do think Joe Burrow should play uh, this final preseason game. I know Zach Taylor definitely doesn't want to uh, want him to play. Honestly, just the way Zach Taylor's body language is and how he's spoken in press conferences, it doesn't sound like he's going to play, and it doesn't sound like he wants him to play. And I get that. I mean, I completely understand not playing him. And if he doesn't play, you know, I'm not going to be pulling my hair out here going, like, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they playing him? But, you know, so I do think he'll be able to play or he will play. Uh, or I'm sorry, I I don't think he is going to play. I would love to see him out there. I know Joe wants to be out there, and uh, but I want to see these wide receivers and this offense run under Joe Burrow in a game situation against another team in front of a crowd. I, and I I think that's going to be something that helps him out. But I again, I'm not I'm not gonna you know pull my hair out. I'm not gonna you know start screaming and ranting and cursing on Twitter uh, if he doesn't. So I mean that is what it is, and that's what I got on the offense. Uh, I think this team does have a chance to be really good this year, and I think this team does have a chance to surprise some people. Uh, I really don't think that this is totally out of their own possibility of getting a wild card spot or uh, possibly stealing the AFC North. And then on top of that, uh, well, well, one more thing. Might as well talk about special teams. Evan McPherson, this guy is going to win us a lot of games. I'm telling you this right now. Uh, with this, this team has lost way too many one-score games, and a lot of it has to do with the kicking. And not being able to trust your kicker, you know, when you're probably, you know, when you're at the 40, the 35-yard line, can you trust your kicker to make it? Now we can. Evan McPherson has been piping everything in the offseason and in training camps and in the preseason games. He had about, like, I think a 47-yarder, piped it, probably would have been good from 60. This dude is going to win us a lot of games. And it's not only just his kicking ability, it's the team's whereabouts and their, them knowing, okay, if this doesn't happen, we can still get three here. So then you're going to try different things. Your offense goes into a different scenario, and you're a little bit more comfortable out there, a little bit more loose. Like, okay, if we don't get a touchdown here, first down here, we'll be fine. Evan McPherson will pipe it. We'll be good to go. So I I think he's going to win us a lot of games. I think he's going to be the most underrated part of our team. And uh, I think I think he's going, to be, he's going to be somebody that, like I just said, wins us games, and he could possibly win us a wild card spot. So that's what I got on the Bengals team so far for today's episode. Again, a lot of this is more or less me shaking off a lot of the rust. 
uh, just getting out there, getting updated, and talking to you guys. I've missed you so much. Uh, but one more thing before I go, uh, we got to talk about the Stripe Squad. So the Bengals, not only have they done such an incredible job this offseason with connecting more with the fan base, which is something we have been dying, dying for, and uh, they, they, they have. They are increased, they're increasing uh, the enjoyability of game days. They're increasing the outreach. They're talking to fans. But one of the things that the Bengals created uh, was definitely masterminded by Elizabeth Blackburn and the head of social media, Sam Schwartz, uh, was the Stripe Squad. So the Stripe Squad is basically a fan engagement group. If you want to call us cheerleaders, you can. Uh, I, I don't consider ourselves cheerleaders. But basically what we do is we just try to make the gaming experience better for everybody. We'll be out on the town on Saturdays and Fridays, and we'll be doing things with the community, uh, a couple of us. We've been at training camp a lot. I was at uh, two of the training camps and the Orange and Black Welcome Back game, which was awesome. Like It was great to see that turnout. Just in- absolutely incredible. Um, I, I do think uh, and it's, 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 it's been great. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you see us out there, we'll be wearing our Orange Stripe Squad shirts. Uh, looking just absolutely so stylish. Uh, come up. Talk to us. Like We want to talk to you guys. We want to interact. If you have an idea for the organization or something that the Bengals could do to increase fan base or uh, increase fan engagement, please come up and tell us. We communicate back and forth with uh, the Bengals, you know, the higher-ups and the social media team and the engagement team. So we can definitely do that. Uh, come up. Take a picture of us. Talk to me. Talk to us. Uh, we lo- I love talking football with anybody, and I especially love talking about Bengals football. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, the hiring process was really fun. Basically, it was just an application kind of thing, and then your resume, and then after that, we had an audition, and you had to basically audition for, and that's what they called it. It wasn't even, it wasn't a tryout, it wasn't an interview, it was an audition, and we had to do, like, a bunch of, like, hype things, basically. We had to do a couple dances, did the touchdown dance, uh, how we would greet fans, and then did an in-person interview, and it was great. Everybody that I work with is absolutely awesome. It's so much fun, and we're going to keep, I'll keep updating and seeing if, uh, our Stripe Squad group is going to be out and going to more places. I know we've been into uh, the Cincinnati Museum for a couple of days. Uh, we went out into uh, the banks for a Dora night, just a handout. When we hand out, you know, merchandise, we hand out good stuff, and we just talk with you guys and try to get some hype for the team. So the more we see you guys, please come up and talk to us, you know, high-five us, give us, talk to us, take pictures with us, do all that. Excuse me, sorry, my voice kind of went out at the end. Uh, but yeah, that is it. So that's going to be it for our first podcast back. This is the Back Row Bengals podcast, and I am your host, Josh Miller. You can find me in not as many places as you used to be able to. I do not work for Barstool anymore. Big sad. That's okay. Uh, they were able to give me a job opportunity and able to open a new field for me. So Because now I'm working in social media, which is super fun. And uh, so, yeah, you can find me there. If you would like a wine cellar, we're going to do a free uh, advertisement for my company, Wine Cellar Innovations. Uh, if you need a wine cellar, wine rack, anything like that, please give us a call. You can email us. Go check out our website, www.winecellarinnovations.com. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to me. Can't wait to hear back from you guys. Let me know how you like the podcast. And I will catch you guys hopefully sometime next week or this week. I'm sorry. Sometime this week. All right. Peace.